Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Uh, back from the great Pacific Northwest. And, um, you know, that's always nice, other than the three-hour time change. But it's uh, it's kind of vacation time for people who cover football. Except... So. Except there's no vacation time, as we've said, in, in college football yeah. these days. Um, we Always. were originally planning to take this week off, but then Miami uh, makes a uh, change of defensive coordinator in the last week. Kevin yeah. Steele leaving for Alabama. Uh, Miami very quickly uh, replaces him with Lance Guidry uh, from technically Tulane, uh, but he'd only been there, I don't know, about three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not even. You know, about three weeks. Um Spent last the last two seasons as the defensive coordinator at Marshall. Um, a guy who's played for a, or who's coached for a bunch of schools with great mascot names. You got the Hilltoppers, you got the Thundering Herd, technically the Green Wave. Um, not the big, you know. So we're we're going to obviously dive into that for most of this episode. We should also say, yeah. and we'll get to this later on. Charlie Strong, um, now expected to leave Miami. Um, he was obviously the linebackers coach last year. Um. Not uh, and co-defensive coordinator. Yeah, co-defensive coordinator. Um, so another coaching vacancy here, and I think I think it was Chris Lowe from ESPN reported that um, Strong was not a candidate for the defensive coordinator job. Sounds like he was was hoping he would be uh, given a shot at that. Obviously, now moving on, a guy who I'm sure will find another job pretty quickly. Um, so, sure. but we'll start with Gidry. Um, which was kind of an out of nowhere hire. And I think we should, you know, it's very important to note that um, that has been the way Mario has kind of operated with a lot of these hires. I think, you know, you, you and Barry who tend to write about coaching searches and stuff like that have been very um, adamant whenever you write about coaching searches that Mario likes to operate in silence with these open, you know, obviously yes. I get it. Everyone is posting these stories, seven candidates for the Miami job. Like every, <laughs> I get it. It's, it's, it's fun well, to think about. It's, it's talking points, but um, right. most of the time when we, when those stories go up, it's a guy from totally off the board who gets sure. it, gets the job. And Gidry certainly falls into that category. Um, and a thing that I think we talked about the last couple of weeks when these, vacancies have popped up for Miami is um, kind of feels like they've a little too often gone for the big name guy, in my opinion, rather than like a guy who might be a good fit. And Gidry is interesting because um, not a big name guy, a guy who's his, probably his biggest job. He was the head coach at one point at McNeese state. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like prestigious programs, he's coached at like it's Western Kentucky, it's Marshall. He spent a year at FAU as a, as a DB's coach. Um mm-hmm. But a guy who is 
uh, a lot of experience, despite at lower levels, um, but most notably was the architect of one of the best defenses in the country last year, um, was going to Tulane, um, a pr- program that is kind of came out of nowhere. It became a, you know, Rose Bowl or not Rose Bowl champion. What did they win? The Cot- Cotton Bowl champion last year uh, wanted to bring him in. So uh, I like that it's a kind of a guy who's still kind of out to prove himself a little bit. I like it. I really like it. I especially like it after I read all the numbers. Now, right? I, yeah. I, so that, that's where probably where we should start. You want to just run through some of these? these oh stats? yeah. The stats are really, really impressive. Very uh, impressive. I, I I understand it's Conference USA, right? Yep. And they finished. Uh, Marshall finished nine and four, I believe, and five and three in their conference. Uh, so they were like third. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, and it's and when you're measuring numbers with programs that aren't elite elite programs yeah, yeah. Kind of things it, or don't play i should say don't play competition that's necessarily elite it's a little tougher but this yeah. guy i love this hire i don't know anything about this person. <laughs> okay except for what i have been reading and also i watched some videos yeah. giving giving the uh usual pep talks you know very psyched up and kind of defensive coordinator and uh, I love the numbers. So uh, here, here are some of them, um, which are like wow, and they're yeah. All, these are national ranks, national ranks, national rankings, uh, NCAA, and they're across the board. It's not just rushing. Right. It's, it's not it's like his defenses were only good at one or two things. Yeah, last everything. year at least. Again, it's only one season. You know, he right. does not have a whole lot of experience as a defensive coordinator at a sun uh, sun belt level program, which is you know one of the best mid major conferences right now, but. Uh, this one year was very impressive. So, okay, so we, run through some we've of got those. we've got third down uh, conversion percentage defense, which is so important. I mean, yeah, stop. I mean, it's been kind of the the Achilles heel in a lot of it ways. It feels like really, it's the, the frustrating Miami defenses. It really has years. for years. Anyway, they're number one in the country. Number one uh, this past season, third down conversion, uh, and opponents only converted when they opponents had third down only twenty three point five percent less fewer than one out of four times an opponent would convert for a first down that's amazing we've got i'm not this is in no specific order other than ncaa we've got defensive touchdowns they were 12th nationally with three we've got first downs defense they were ninth nationally uh passes intercepted six nationally with 18 it looks like passes intercepted um red zone defense a uh, big problem for um right um last year 19th in the country on red zone defense um rushing defense fifth number five in the country they were allowed only 93 yards a game david uh, 93 yards a game yeah that's amazing on rushing defense uh let's say scoring defense i mean scoreboard right they held teams they were sixth nationally holding teams to 16 points uh, a game, an average of, they allowed an average of 16 points a game. Um, They were team passing efficiency defense. That's some whole formula, but they were third nationally. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Team tackles for loss, 22nd nationally per game. Team sacks, 16th nationally per game turnovers gain that's a big one right they were fifth nationally with 29 turnovers gained they were eighth 
in total defense, allowing a ton. This is pretty impressive, man. 294 yards a game. Oh, that's it. Allowing on defense. So that was eighth nationally. And I think, did I say, I said rushing defense fifth. And I, did I say passing, passing yards allowed 27, mm-hmm. 201 yards. That's really good. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so to I'm, me, kind of the big ones that stand out are, you know, cause obviously like you like the uh, turnover numbers, but we've seen the way that can like, basically fluctuate from year to year and be really hard to predict and and cover up weaknesses uh but just the yards per play being top 10 there i think is really uh, oh yes really really, that's kind of the number that pops out to me and then the other one is those sack and tackle for loss numbers where he's um top 25 in the country and you you look at those defenses uh or his defense last year at least and it's spread out right it's not like he's got one um guy who's just like kind of too good to be in Sunbelt, right? Um, it's, um, right. I should have pulled up the stats before, but they've got guys uh, all over the place with like six, seven, eight uh, sacks, which I think speaks uh, yeah. to the way that he wants to run his defense. Yeah, you have. Yes. Um, yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, you had three, three guys with five plus sacks, a couple more with three, yes. a couple with two, and then tackles for loss. You've got uh, eight guys with five plus, so. It, that that kind of speaks yeah. to the way that he wants to run his defense. It feels, um, you know, again, I didn't watch a whole lot of Marshall last year, right? Uh, I remember us sitting in the press box when they were losing to to Notre Dame, and all of us kind of tracking that game during a Miami or when they were beating Notre Dame, um, which I think was happening either right before a Miami game or at the same time. Um, but just like on paper, it's kind of a lot of the stuff. You know, I know Manny Diaz is a polarizing figure at Miami now, but people loved those defenses when he was the defensive coordinator and um, feels like there's kind of some similarities there just in terms of the way that he wants his guys to attack downhill, uh, really prioritize the tackles for loss. You know, those third down numbers are are good, but a lot of times having a good third down percentage is about winning on first and second down, obviously getting negative plays. Right. Um, and you talked about watching some of his hype videos. He's got that same energetic personality <laughs> that like yeah. you can tell he's going to want to play that uh aggressive attacking style which um you know is the way Miami fans understandably kind of want their defense to look and and they've got uh you know pretty good defensive personnel I think to make it happen when you obviously look at you know a guy like Leonard Taylor who could you know wouldn't be surprised if he's a breakout year and his way up in the national leaderboard oh, for loss yeah. um you know James Williams I think one of the big questions he's going to have coming in is how do you how do you get the most out of James Williams? Um, they've, they've certainly got a lot of talent. Cameron Kinchin's obviously an All-American. So um, he's got some pieces to work with, I think, that fit the way that he wants to play, too. And I, I think he likes a lot of uh, DBs. Yeah, 4 two, 5 is kind of the way he plays. Uh, obviously, everyone kind of runs four two five now. The question is, what is that fifth? Is it more of a linebacker? Is it more of a DB? Um, right. It's um seems like more of a DB will be the move here, which is kind of, it's what Miami did last year with to Corey couch. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to bar position and all yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, and I love that he was a, for one year, a, a, a DB coach at FAU. So yeah. he knows the landscape here a little bit. He knows South Florida. Um, yeah, he has recruited pretty, Florida pretty, in the past. Um, at Marshall, Telly Lockett was like their yeah, he's not an ace recruiter. Telly Lockett was their South Florida guy. 
uh, obviously for a long time high school coach down here and and Miami is he running running backs coach at one point um he was on staff in some capacity at one point um so a guy who obviously knows the area really well uh Gidry also his kind of I don't want to say like his mentor but a guy he spent a lot of time with also is Willie Taggart um at Western Kentucky and then at FAU so uh Taggart another obviously Florida guy so he's got a lot of those ties down here that you know, very rarely is your defensive court, you know, position coaches are usually kind of your ace recruiter is not your DC, but you want that guy to have a good personality and be able to help you close. And and it seems like uh, he's got all that. And then just familiarity with the area certainly helps as well. I, I like, like you said, I, I, I'm excited about this. It's fun to, to, to see kind of new faces on the major, on the major, uh, landscape i guess i'm using that word again but uh, because sometimes i mean like for this is offense but like josh gaddis and 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 you know that 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 goes for charlie strong too was a mm-hmm. finalist josh gaddis won the broils award right as a defensive coordinator they're still kevin, St- for- kevin Steele was a finalist at one point for the Royals. yeah i think and i think charlie strong was this like three-time finalist or something like that for the uh broils award yeah i'm kind of surprised I, he never won yeah, I just it I I know and I keep thinking of Josh and going back to that and picking up the when we met him getting you know getting hit, they flew into town and gave him the award and stuff when we were there mm-hmm. and I I can't help thinking that you know that's impressive to Mario and you know because he said that a lot these guys are really accomplished but yeah I kind of like the idea of a guy who. I don't know. Would we call him an up and comer? He's been around a long time. Yeah, that's, that is so I, I think getting into like the one kind of knock on him is it's not like he's an up and comer, right? Like sometimes you'll get like a 38 year old uh, right, or even younger, like the guy who's been a defensive wizard or you, they, those guys tend to be more offensive guys um, just because that's where priorities lie these days. But like mm-hmm. who's been dominating at the lower level, lower level, finally gets his crack up at a higher level. Um, and uh, makes the most of it. Gidry um, is 51, which is not old, but it, he has been coaching since, if you look on his Wikipedia page, his first coaching job uh, as a GA at McNeese State in 1994. Yeah. And he's been coaching nonstop since then. So he's like, he's been around a long time. Um, you know, that would be the one concern is like, why, ha, like, is he just has he just had a good run the last couple of years and teams are falling in love with it for that reason? Um, or has he accumulated uh you know 30 years of knowledge that now he's implementing in the best way possible? It's it's an interesting where he is, you know. I think a lot of times you can overlook uh you if a guy has a small track record, you can say, well, what, you know, he hasn't had time, right? He's still young, he's still improving. It's different with Gidry. And again, I'm not saying that this is necessarily bad, but um, he has a small track record for a guy who's been around for 30 years, which is that that would be the kind of the one concern to me. Um, it's interesting, though, that uh, he was going to team up with Willie Fritz uh, at Tulane, who is uh, 62 years old. And this Tulane job is his first uh, first FBS job, I believe at all. I think uh, George, he was George Southern before. Um, I think they were maybe FCS at the time. Um, but it's interesting that Fritz had a similar career trajectory, uh, to where to this and now wanted to get a guy like, like Gidry. So 
Um, I mean, I think Willie Fritz is a really good coach and if you can just kind of copy what he's doing. It's probably not the worst idea in the world. So, but yeah, it, it's interesting where it's, you're right. He's an up and comer, but he's also been around for 30 years. It's, it's a weird little dichotomy there. I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, hyped up for it. I'm, I'm just, I'm I, interested to see it, right? You know, the the last yeah. couple of guys they hired, you know, last year, they hired Josh yeah. Gaddis, they hired Kevin Steele. You kind of knew what it was going to look like, right? You, those guys had, Steele had been an SEC defensive coordinator forever. Gaddis had been, um, obviously, a Big Ten and an a, uh, SEC offensive coordinator forever. Um, Gidry's got a new challenge ahead of him. And mm-hmm. you would hope he's fired up for it. I mean, like you said, you watch some of these videos, it's easy to understand that he's fired up for it. For um, sure. I'm 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 very interested to see it and see how the players react and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. And interesting how you know, I guess all so many programs are, are losing coaches and stuff. It's it's getting and it's good that Mario got the defensive person on board fast. I'm still waiting for the offensive coordinator to be named before uh, spring football. But um, yeah, hopefully a lot of other people don't leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know, defensively, like what dominoes could fall here, you know? Yeah. They obviously um, have one right? opening. They got an opening now to fill linebackers coach. Um, linebackers coach. Um and then we obviously the two on offense, which will probably be OC and wide receivers coach. Um, yeah, unless they do a quarterback, we've talked about that. Yeah, we we talked about that enough last week, I think. Yeah, but. I, unless they do, but yeah, I don't. Uh, Joe Salavea is not going anywhere. No, Salavea is not going anywhere. I mean, I don't think Jamal Jam- Day is going anywhere. Like it, it feels like it's it's kind of late for heavy heavy movement. Um, although yeah. obviously now Tulane needs a, a like their dominoes always fall, but. Um, Right. Yeah, I don't think they were bringing in Gidry to say, hey, rebuild this staff. I think they were bringing him in to say, hey, we just want a guy who's really good. You know, I'm sure Gidry will have a big hand in picking that linebackers coach now that he is uh, in that job. Um, but for the most part, I think, I mean, I think Mario likes the staff. He, you know, a, a lot of those other guys are young guys, right? Salve, uh, Rod Wright was another guy in kind of his first job. A day is, is experienced and, and a younger guy. So, um, I think he likes the idea of those guys being able to grow together long term, and you know, one day maybe one of them is the next defensive coordinator. But uh, I would guess that uh, Gidry's going to have a big say in that linebackers hire. Um, yeah, and you know that linebackers is the spot that for Miami has been the Achilles heel on defense for I don't know four years, three four years now. Years. Um, yes. So. Uh, you know, part of Gidry, it's interesting because we said, as we said, he runs a four, two, five. A lot of times it's only two or three down defensive linemen. They got use a lot of stand back, stand up edge rushers. I think that'll be a lot of Jafari Harvey's role this year. Um, and as we said, five DBs and versatility in the linebackers room, like it, Gidry's going to reshape that position. I think it's, it's a position that is kind of a pivot point position for him because he wants guys, he wants a combination of right guys who can cover. And then guys, you can go get the quarterback or get in the backfield. So um, they're going to they yeah they recruited very well at that position this year. They're going to have to uh, figure out what they want that position to look like. And Gidry, that I mean, in a lot of ways, it feels like that's his big assignment. Is like you got to figure this position out for us. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Charlie Strong leaving. We should probably touch on that real quick. Um, were you surprised when you saw that he's uh, no Miami? No, no, because I I think he would have been a, a natural that people would have assumed possibly uh, you know would be a candidate to take over as defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean he's a been a defensive coordinator. He's been a head coach. Uh, he's you know been in the NFL. Came from the NFL. the NFL. Came from Jacksonville. You know, well respected. Um, so I like I, you know, I'm not. I'm not surprised. That's all. I, I he probably. I don't know if he. I I would assume he would have liked the defensive coordinator position, but again, I don't know how all these coaches get along. You know. Right. How it, like I we don't really know. I mean, I I don't know how, like the backstory as far as relationships because relationships are, you know, and coaching too is so important. How these guys kind of meld uh, together and 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 work off each other and stuff. And Mario is the head coach. Who, who knows? I'm not. I don't know that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, was not surprised. Put it that way. Yeah, and I think I mentioned at the top of yeah. Chris Lowe from ESPN, uh, who got uh, you know very plugged in with uh, coaches around the country. Right. Um, got a quote from Strong that was basically the program made a decision to go in a different direction. Uh, time for him to go in a different direction, uh, and that Strong was not interviewed for that job. Um, you know, he, he's again Strong is sixty two, right? He's getting yes. getting toward the end of his coaching career. Um, I think he would love yeah. to probably get one more crack as a defensive coordinator. I don't know if he'll get it this year necessarily. Uh, as we said, it's late uh, to for someone to pick him up. Although, as, as we also said, Tulane now is looking for a DC, and whoever they hire will set off more dominoes. Um, right. And has a pretty desirable job right now, obviously after coming off the Cotton Bowl um, win. But strong, you know. I think it's understandable, right? I'm sure he went to Miami. Uh, not thinking he was going to be a defensive coordinator again, right? But thinking yeah. that if something happened, he had a shot, right? Um, yeah, especially now, he's named the co-defensive coordinator. Yeah, and and not, you know, and not to say like my, Miami was dis- dishonest to him or anything, or or even that he deserved the job. Uh, right. But I think the fact that he was not even interviewed for that job, assuming that report is is true, um, for him as a guy who wants to. I like I said, I'd assume he'd like to be a defensive coordinator again. Uh makes sense for him to go somewhere else where that path is a little bit more straightforward. Again, he's only got uh, you know, so many years left in, in coaching, unless he's gonna be coaching until into his mid seventies or whatever. Or you know, it there's not a whole lot of eighty year old football coaches running around anymore. Are there any? There must I don't be. Know. There's probably some, but it's there's no Joe Paternos <laughs> running around really anymore. Um, no. Since Bill Snyder retired, I guess that was the last of that old guard. Um, but um, as I said, I think it's it's a good opportunity now for Miami to reshape 
that linebacker position. And kind of generally, I mean, we talked obviously a lot. Of, we're not talking that much about the offensive staff this week. I'm sure we'll come back next week after they make a hire, which they got to probably do sometime soon. We're less than a month from spring ball. Right. Um, but uh, it's it has been, you know, Miami went five and seven. It's not surprising that there are changes on that coaching staff. I think we wondered how much Mario would uh, – divert from what he was doing, deviate from what he wants to do as a coach. Um, I don't know how much, you know, Gidry will remains to be seen what, how different that defense will look than, than Kevin Steele's defense next year. Um, but it's certainly a, a deviation in terms of like the resume that you're looking at the uh, personality in some ways, um, you know, Kevin Steele obviously is a, uh, I think a little bit more laid back, at least as far as we could tell. Um, well, miss him. Yeah, well, Kevin Steele, obviously a, a beloved. Fig- you know, you kind of get why he's had so many jobs, just like a just like a beloved figure around college football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's a it's an interesting, and I think it's a good sign that Mario is deviating from just like get the brand name coach, uh, get a guy who's want, like, as I said really earlier, great. wants to prove himself, um, getting his first crack. Um, you know, a lot, not, not a whole lot of familiarity probably around the country with what his defenses can do. Um, so it, with that in mind, it's going to be interesting to see that, it, you know, they filled one of four vacancies. Now they got three more. It'll be interesting to see if they keep that same philosophy where they go for maybe the younger linebackers coach who's looking to prove or the up and coming linebackers coach. Um, and even on offense where now they've got two vacancies to fill there too. Um, you know, harder to hire an offensive coordinator, I think, right? It's, it's, those are, that's kind of the glamour position, right? You got to spend more money usually on an OC. Um, but uh, the Gidry is an, it, it, Gidry hire is an interesting insight, I think, into the way that Mario is pivoting ever so slightly from year one to year two. Yeah. And you've got to, I've got to assume that, I mean, you've got, Gidry has, excuse me, has got to be the guy who has a big say in who he gets. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No. And it's something I talked about a lot. I mean, maybe I overrate it, but cohesiveness, right? My Miami. I think no, it's not overrated. Have it. Um, I think Gidry having making sure everyone is on the same page, um, that goes a really long way. And obviously, you can say like, "Are right, we're going to do this this way?" And everyone's going to agree, and they're going to do it all in the same way. But just having unified thinking in in certain ways, and obviously in other ways, you want diverse thinking and and arguments and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, um, especially with the new DC trying to implement a new defense, it helps to have kind of a conduit uh, in the in the form of a position coach. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, um, I think that about wraps everything up. I guess we could quickly say Antoine Jackson asked for asking for oh, yeah. uh, his release from his national letter of intent, four star cornerback from Dillard. Um, I don't think this has anything to do with the defensive coordinator moves. Um, but uh, you know, it's a it's a loss for Miami because he's a, a good recruit and a four star prospect and a, at a position of need. Uh, but Jackson also was a guy reclassified from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four. Had some late reservations. We know about Miami visited East Carolina right before signing day. Uh, he has a girlfriend going to school there, and uh, Colorado made a move at him at one point. Um, but I, I think it's a, it's a, 
tough loss because you never want to lose a, a guy who's as talented as he is. But at the same time, I don't think it's a crippling blow for Nest, like for the immediate future. Where I, I would have been shocked if Jackson was playing a huge role next year as a guy who is, uh, you know, sixteen year old <laughs> defensive back coming in to play ACC football. But um, I don't think it's like the sign of more to come necessarily for Miami. No, I doubt it very yeah. much. Yeah, it's late. Yep. Um. Anyway, uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. She's back from her vacation, back into football mode, and uh, on the lookout for three more coaching hires for Miami that should be on the horizon here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, I'll be on some Miami stuff, uh, Panthers stuff. I'm everywhere, like always. Um, so uh, that will wrap things up for us. Thanks, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.